0: I'm Rob Moore. I'm the director of missions for the Lebanon Baptist Association, and we're just—I'm very honored to be here. My only claim to fame is sitting right here, my wife Lisa, and uh, so uh, I am honored again, and, and I thank Todd for thinking of me to ask me to come and bring the message today. Uh, the message is entitled "An Alligators and Snakes Too." If you take your Bibles with you and turn with me to Ephesians chapter five, we're going to be reading from the 17th to the 22nd verse, 21st verse. And um, as is my custom, I ask you to stand in honor of reading God's word. There's two reasons for that. One, we can stand in reading a God's word, and if I get to preaching too long, you won't be so tired at the end. Okay, so one way or the other, we're going to we're going to work on this. Okay. <clears throat> beginning in verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 5. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. and Do not be drunk with wine, which is uh, dissipation or debauchery, as one version puts it, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always, for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Father God, we ask that you would bless the reading of your Word, but Lord, more than the reading, Lord, that we might understand your Word, that it might not only apply to our hearing and to our minds, but and to our hearts, but Lord, it might just transfer into the way we act and the way we behave, our attitudes and and actions and and, and our whole being. And Lord we ask that your word might live in us and Lord that your son Jesus would 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 be so evident in our lives that would that that people would say there there's a difference in us and, and want to know what that difference is and and Lord that they might come to know you and know you better as well for these things we ask in your precious name Jesus. Amen. It was about 27 years ago when we were I was a pastor and and uh in up in central Virginia between Washington and Richmond and and uh we took our our son at that time uh uh who was about four or five years old to the zoo uh It was his first trip to the zoo, and it was a great experience for him he He just loved every every minute of it. Well, that evening we got back and it was time for our evening meal and and uh, we sat down and we asked him to if he would like to say the blessing, and he began to say the blessing like we had taught him, God is great and God is good. Let us thank him for our food, and there was this big pause, and for the alligators and the snakes too. Amen. Now you have to realize something here. When he was little, and we went to see the zoo, and we got to that reptile building, he was absolutely just just enamored with everything anything that crawled and scaly and slimy looking or whatever he just loved every bit of it it just sort of sparked that excitement in his life and and it made that trip to the zoo something that was a thing of wonder and when he actually you know said the blessing he realized he was talking to god he wasn't just doing something that was a matter of formality and to him to not only thanking him God for the food, but thanking Him for the experience of seeing His first alligator and His first snake and, and things like that. However, when we come to think about it, it's hard for us to thank, thank God for unpleasant things. Mosquitoes. I don't like mosquitoes. Some mosquitoes will bite me and I will swell up. I mean, big old whelps like that, you know, just this. Horrible, big old, and itch forever. Roaches. Don't like roaches. Um, How many of you don't like snakes? Just raise your hand, okay? Snakes don't bother me that much. It's spiders. Me and spiders don't get along. I mean, my wife, Lisa, will go out and, and she will find some black widow. Well, look at this. You'd be holding on the stick and I'm screaming and running around like a little girl. You know? I I, I just have a very difficult time to be filled with worship and praise when it comes to roaches and spiders and snakes and and things like that. Yet to the wonderment of a small child, these things are something to thank God for. Our text tells us to truly be thankful for everything. So We look at this question in the title line, Lord, you want me to be thankful for the alligators and snakes and spiders and mosquitoes and roaches and all the unpleasant things too? And basically the Bible says that we should be thankful for all things. All the time. Always. The thing is, God has created our universe and and he set into motion the laws of nature and and, and every organism down to every cell, down, down to the atomic level, you know, has a purpose. And, and it's something God created to to help our world to be self-sustaining in some bizarre way. We need spiders and lizards and snakes and mosquitoes and perhaps even roaches. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. But there are things in which we must be thankful I, I don't know why we should be thankful for him but but the bible tells us we should god planned it that way and and we need to trust him and we need to to to, to think about different things you know we go to any store we we can see uh these days, you know, it's a fake alligator, you know, skin and purses and the fake snake skin uh, purses and, and stuff like that. And it's, and it's rabbit fur that that's not really ra- fur and things like that. But but still, in, in a certain day and time, people use these things to, to make clothing with and, and whatnot and with something to bless their lives. So I think that we need to grow out of our attitude of being thankful for God for just things. And grow into an attitude of being thankful to God for all things. And that's the first blank in your outline that you have in the, in the bulletin. I'm going to give it, you know, this is a test. We'll collect those later and get graded. Put your name on the top right hand corner. No, I'm not going to do that. But, but seriously, we need to grow out of this idea that we need to thank, thank God just for things, especially just for the pleasant things. And we need to get in the attitude worth thanking God for all things. There are so many other things that we truly find it difficult to give thanks for. A couple of things come to mind for me personally. Even as I speak, it's very difficult for me to give thanks for sickness or pain. Uh, I've suffered with a cold the last couple of days. Uh, you might, can, some of you, know me. I can say, I'm a little raspy as far as that goes. Uh, in fact, I told Lisa that uh, uh, <clears throat> this was a, a Thursday. I said, okay, Friday afternoon, we'll, 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 I had the privilege of getting a deer. My dad got a deer. We'll, we'll, we'll finish getting this deer in the, in, the, uh, in the freezer on Friday afternoon, and I'm yours to do whatever you need me to do Saturday. I don't think I got out of my recliner more than about half an hour yesterday. She finds it very difficult to be thankful for that. I find it difficult to be thankful for sickness. I think people, you know, get to the point that, you know, they, they don't, you know, when it comes to a time of, of crisis or, 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 or time of, how can I say, sadness or grief, sickness or pain, it's just hard to, to be thankful. There's all kinds of things that threaten us, job losses, poverty, unexpected bills, accidents. So I want you to take a moment just now. This is God's moment. This is God's time. This is not Rob's time. It's not not the preacher's time. It's God's time. I want you to bow your head just for a second, please. And I want you to think on the thing or the things in your life right now that's difficult for you to truly give thanks. For most people, that's not very hard. A lot of people, it's sickness, is pain, it's grief, broken relationships, separation, hurt that has yet to heal in our hearts. And then for these things or that thing, That has burdened you. Can you. At least try. From the core of your being. Say Lord I don't know why. But I give you thanks. I thank you for. This thing. In my life. We're going to come back to that thought. A little bit later on our message this morning. So the first point I have this morning basically is obvious that we have a tendency to only be thankful for the things that in our life that fall into the positive category, and that's why we celebrate Thanksgiving at least once a year. In our text and many other places that I'm going to get to a little bit later, it tells us that we need to be thankful, always thankful for all things to God through our Savior and our Lord Christ Jesus. It seems almost impossible for us to give thanks for those things in our life that bring us down, that has caused us pain, that tears us apart from the inside out. I believe that we practice, if we practice, what the Bible instructs us to do, and we make out to to, to you know, make it a part of our will to 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 praise God and bless Him for 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 things that are even negative in our lives. That we're going to find that we're going to be the recipients of joy. We're going to be recipients of peace. We're going to be recipients of comfort that cannot come through just the positive things in our lives. I recall the story once again where a man had taken his family out to a very nice breakfast one Saturday morning. It was just a a wonderful experience. It should be a wonderful experience. They went to the breakfast. They ordered in, and, uh, you know, after a while, in a long while, the, the food finally came and, and, uh, before the food came, they, they had their blessing and, and the man thanked the, you know, thank God for the food and they're about to have a time that they could be for their family and, and, uh, when the food finally came, you know, uh, uh, mom and dad was a bit disappointed in the, in the, in, in the quality of the, how the food was prepared and, and whatnot. And the coffee was cold, et cetera, and so forth. And when the waitress came back to refill the coffee cups and things like that, the man just pretty much told the waitress in no uncertain terms, you know, what he thought about the food and the cold coffee, et cetera, and so forth. So later that afternoon on their way home, little girl sitting in the back seat of the car said, uh, daddy, does God hear everything? Oh, yeah. God hears everything, we say, yeah. So, so when we say our prayers at night and we, we, we ask God to, to bless our food and say, God hears these things? Oh, yeah, he hears these things. And then she sort of went in for what she was really on her heart there. She said, Well, well, Daddy, did, uh, did God hear what you told the waitress about the bacon and the coffee? Dad says, well, honey, I, I suppose he did. And, and only as children can, in their innocence and in their purity of mind and thought, she went in for the kill. She said, Daddy, which one did God believe? Ouch. Is it sometimes that we go to God and we, we're, we're, we're thinking, "Thank you, thank you, thank you for this, that, and the other," all these positive things in our lives and things like that? But when something falls in that negative category, we're the ones that say, "I just can't stand this. Why this this way?" And we we lash out at other people and things. And our words of thanksgiving does not match our actions and our attitudes. And the world sees it. Secondly, often our words and our deeds contrast so 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 sharply with the thanks that we utter, you know, to, 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 to the Lord that that there's a dichotomy in our lives. And I think we need to grow in our relationship with Christ, where we give thanks to God. Always, for all things, as we, we find in Ephesians chapter 5, sometimes we thank God for the right things at the right times, but sometimes we do it in the wrong way for the wrong reasons, and more than anything else, for the wrong attitude. We should thank God for all things, all the time, for who He is, period. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. The Lord speaking to the prophet Isaiah, and it says, Therefore the Lord said... And I think he says the same thing to us as well. Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandments of men. It's on human rules. And we think about the society that we live in today and we and we think that even in our, our church Christian culture that, that, you know, we say the right things at the right times, perhaps even for the right reason, but somehow or another we've removed our hearts and our lives away from holy God and our thanksgiving is hollow. And you know what happens? You know what God says in other parts of the Old Testament? I hate that. It makes me sick to my stomach. True gratitude follows a sense of, I think, a need of being thankful for the gift of God's grace and mercy. And we go over to the New Testament where Jesus is telling the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And who, you know, who's who went home justified? It was the tax collector who says, you know, be merciful to me, God, a sinner. He, he tells the the story of, of of the woman who anointed Jesus with expensive oil and, and and actually you know dried her you know washed his his feet with her tears and dried his feet with her hair and it was a teachable moment for the Pharisees for those who were always saying the right things for the at the right time and even for the right reason but their hearts were so far from God it was a teachable moment it said who has who's been forgiven a lot of stuff. Has, has more to be thankful for to wonder who does not have the luxury of eating regularly three meals a day and and they find that meal in front of them and and they're able to eat something right then and there. I want to tell you something they 're truly thankful, but the one who has become accustomed to having food or become accustomed to having the blessings that God has given day to in and day out, our utterance of thanksgiving becomes a matter of formality, something that you need to do before you start a meeting, after you finish a meeting. Something you do before you eat. Something you do and you hope you don't forget before you go to bed or, or when you wake up. You know what I think the churches need today and people and the pews need today more than I think they need a spiritual hunger. And when the Holy Spirit comes and starts feeding us. Feeding us from above. Then we get... Filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and, and it's a filling that comes, you know, that's better than being satiated from 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 a big meal. It, it's a, a filling to where our, our we overflow with God's goodness, and out of that goodness, we can't help but to give thanks. And in giving thanks, it transfers to our actions. For those who don't have the luxury of eating three meals a day, or They come to the point to where they thank God for every morsel they put in their mouth. In response to God's blessing us, we should give... Thanks and tangible ways, and it, it might be that that we we give to the world hunger offering a little bit more than we used to. We give to the food pantry, or we volunteer to provide or cook or deliver meals on on special occasions like Thanksgiving or Christmas, or or even other times when the call comes out. Perhaps it's volunteering to participate in, in, in meals on wheels or something like that on an ongoing basis. It, it's being outwardly focused with our mission and our ministry. It's being involved in person to where our thanksgiving for what God has given to us transfers to our actions in tangible ways. To say a blessing, Lord, I thank you for for what you have provided for me, for all these positive experiences. How can I be of service to someone else? How can I be a blessing to someone else? The great theologian Karl Barth he said grace always demands the answer of gratitude. That grace and gratitude belong together like heaven and earth, that grace invokes gratitude like the voice and the echo. Gratitude follows grace like thunder follows lightning. The third point this morning. When we've experienced God's grace in whatever form when we've experienced his blessing, and I mean truly experience his abundant and unfathomable grace, we are compelled by all we are and all we can do to thank him with every fiber of our being. But we have to experience it first. Paul sums it up in First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 4. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus. The undeniable beginning of giving thanksgiving and all the things that, that, that we, we conjure up when it, when it comes to being thankful and, and, and giving thanks to God boils down to God's grace and his gifts and his blessings to us. See, grace is is never stagnant. It's it's never erratic. It's it's never contractual. We we can't earn it. They're, 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 it's there for us every day. It comes when we get saved. It, it it's there before we even get saved because it's God's grace that that we have. You know, Ephesians chapter two says, "For by grace we've been saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, it's the gift of God, and not of works, lest any man should 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 be proud or boast." So think back to our title line today, with for alligators and snakes too, for all the unpleasant things in our life. Remember, I asked you to think of that one thing or those things that was difficult for you to give thanks for this morning. Paul talks about this in Second Corinthians chapter 12. In verses 7 and 8, he says, I've prayed three times for God to remove this unpleasant thorn in my flesh. And and here's God's answer in verses 9 and 10. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, most gladly I will boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmity and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So in our humility of accepting God's grace through our faith and the acceptance of his will, If God's grace is sufficient, His power is made full in our weakness, in our distress, in our situation, that indeed we can give thanks to God always for all things. Even if it's the alligators and snakes and mosquitoes and roaches and grief and death and separation and hardship and pain and sickness. We can give thanks to God because His grace is sufficient. We can bless him as Job did. He lost everything. I mean, he lost everything imaginable. I mean, he, he, cattle, his land, his houses, his children, his wife. Everything was gone. And we find in Job chapter 1 verses twenty and two twenty to 22 is his response. Then Job arose and he tore his robe and he shaved his head. And then look at the next phrase. And he fell to the ground and worshiped. You see that? He, he stood and he, he tore his clothes in his grief, but then he fell to his face and he worshiped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. And so many times when we get to the point to we're ready to tear our hair out and we are tear our clothes and just scream at God, why did you let me have that happen to me? We should say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Because God's got something good in store. We might not experience in this lifetime, but praise Jesus, we have that life to come. In his heaven where there will be no more tears. There will be no more sorrow, no more pain or sickness or separation. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I think the power to resolve, to give thanks in all things at all times comes from an indwelling of Christ Jesus, and we need to experience him to get that. Galatians chapter two, verse twenty, it says Paul says, "I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me." Our tribulations, our weaknesses, may you know, might just deepen our awareness of how great God is. And there's so many stories I I would love to be able to tell how. I've experienced God's grace, and, and not only his, his grace, but His strength in a time of, of weakness. But time won't allow me to do that on a Sunday morning. But I go back to what our son, when he was four or five years old, taught us when he was praying, thank you for the alligators and snakes, that that, that God is good and, and God is great. And that attitude of knowing God and experiencing Him it is the beginning of that point of gratitude. The thing is, little children they thank they thank God for everything. A story is told about me. If you've ever heard my dad preach, and he'll he'll preach about this when we would go to a member's house. That would used to be a big thing back in the day. You know, the members of the church would invite the preacher and his family over for Sunday afternoon dinner. You need to do that for Todd one of these days, okay? Just invite him over for dinner, you know, serve him a hot dog. It doesn't matter. You know, he'll be glad to go. I guarantee it. And uh, one of my favorite things to eat was roast beef. Well, I was young. I didn't know all the names of different things and stuff like that. Embarrassed my mom completely that day because we went over to this this person's house and and, and we sat down and and, and and she brought us big old roast with the potatoes and the carrots around. You know how they used to do that back in the day before Cracker Barrel and Sony's and things like that, you know. <clears throat> and I just piped up and said, Oh boy, meat! As if my mom didn't ever have meat at our table. We got invited over there a lot after that. But the story is also told of me one time when I was saying the blessing that I would look up and say, Thank you for the potatoes. And thank you for the carrots. Thank you for the meat. And thank you for the green beans. And I suppose, thank you for the spinach. children thank God for everything. Grass, trees, worms, grasshoppers. Little children thank God for everything. Could it be that they are the ones who have not outgrown or become so, un, so sophisticated that They have forgotten that everything, everything is a gift from God. Have we forgotten our riches? Even in distress? Have we forgotten about grace? Have we forgotten that once we were destined for hell, for eternity? Have we forgotten about forgiveness and mercy? Have we forgotten that the Spirit knows our every single need and when we pray, He makes utterances for us that we can't even imagine in petition to Holy God who gives us strength in our weakness? one of the most difficult times of our life on the mission field in Tanzania was between 1994 and 1996 during the Rwandan crisis where the Hutus and the Tutsi were in war together and there was mass genocide in that country. Estimated over a million people were slaughtered. Our missionaries there had to flee. The Mission families, women and children were able to board a an American transport plane, and, and fly out of the country. The men drove out of the country in the mission vehicles. Very dangerous trip. About a week or so after that, they had to go back into Burundi and bring their mission vehicles out. They got their mission vehicles out, and their families joined us in Bukoba, Tanzania, near the Rwandan border where we were missionaries. And I remember the, one night after the families had been reunited there in Bacoba, after seeing atrocity after atrocity, after hearing that everything that they had owned, even from the pipes in their house and the wiring in their houses, were taken, looted, and destroyed. Every keepsake, every toy that the children had was gone. I remember David and Janet, Nathaniel Houghton, with their two children, Anna and Nathaniel. They were standing around, we getting ready to, for a meal that Lisa had prepared for us, and we were getting ready to say the blessing that night. It might have been the first meal with family around a regular table in a home that they'd had since the crisis. In the midst of their tremendous loss, even loss of friends and colleagues to death, to murder, they say we sometimes sing a song for our blessing. I'll never forget that night. As we held hands around the table, they began to sing. Thank you, Lord, for giving us food. Thank you, Lord, for giving us food. Thank you, Lord, for giving us food. Right where we are. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Right where we are. We need to learn how to praise God. To bless His holy name right where we are. I don't know what burden... I don't know what issue, I don't know what situation you came in here with today. I don't know that thing or things that you bowed your head and at least tried to give God thanks for earlier in this message. But because we can experience Jesus Christ and His grace, He's going to give us the ability to say, Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But it takes a relationship with Him. It can't be manufactured. It's not something we do as a matter of formality. It's experiencing God and His goodness and His grace. And that's what the invitation time in our service is all about. It's an opportunity to connect with God. Experience His forgiveness, and His mercy, His salvation, and His grace. If you come here today and you have a burden on your heart, you need to realize what Jesus taught. As He taught taught a bunch of downtrodden, burdened, enslave people on a hillside one day. He said in Matthew 6, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Will be added to you. Blessed. Be the name. Of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God as we come here this morning. As we enter this. Holy time. As we come to you in. Humility. Of knowing that. We're not as good as we think we are. As we come to you with our burdens and our pain and our sickness. As we come to you with our broken lives and our broken relationships and our grief. Lord, we just ask that we can experience or experience once again your grace your mercy, your forgiveness. Lord, that we might not forget that all things, all things are from you. And even those negative things in our life that we can simply give you praise for, Lord, you have a purpose. And Lord, may we enter that relationship with you. Know your purpose and experience Joy like no other. That we experience peace that passes our human understanding. That we know the comfort that comes only from your heart. Of one who loves us so much. To give his life for us on the cross. And it's his name Jesus we pray. Amen.